everyone and welcome to this week's episode of We're Spinning Plates. I'm Kira and I'm Em and as we established last time there's nothing exciting to say this is episode 31. <laughs> Completely just unremarkable so without further ado. We can ado, make it remarkable. This is true yeah this is episode 31 guys what a great 31 woo! Momentous. <laughs> um, so without further ado let's make it into the weekly roundup so what <laughs> was your high and low of the week? Okay, so we're going to kick it off with my hair of the week, which actually just happened a few hours ago. Um, I w- took myself out on my like perfect little Sunday solo date, which I don't feel like I do as much since we've like come out of lockdown and, you know, social mm-hmm. plans and all that. It's yeah. more of a, you know, social life kind of time rather than a solo kind of time. So yeah. I took myself on a little solo reading date, walked down uh, past the river into town, what went into Waterstones with a specific book that I wanted to get. I went, I got the the ex-boyfriend yard sale, which oh, is yeah. a memoir, and I'm only a chapter into it, so I'll report back on that next week, but I've wanted to read it for, like, ever since I saw it was going to be released, and it's just been released, so I went in, got that, then I went to my favourite coffee shop and got an iced hot chocolate, and my Ooh. absolute obsession, like, I think this is in my top five foods, because I get it everywhere that does it, truffle Excited. parmesan fries. I get it everywhere. With a nice hot chocolate. That is a rogue combination. Well, I was really hungry and I didn't want something sweet. So I was like, I'll get something savoury, something like really smallish, like a size. Yeah, I just love truffle I just didn't know why I was expecting to hear something sweet and then you said truffle and I was like, chocolate? And then you were parmesan. Whoa, crazy. I do have a sweet tooth, but something about truffle parmesan fries, (laughs) drink every time (laughs) I say truffle parmesan fries, just calls to me. So then I sat there and I read a few chapters of my new book and I made a reel of it. So if you want to see the complete solo reading date, I did a reel on Instagram um, and it was just really nice to, you know, set aside time for yourself and do all the things that make you happy. Then I came home and cleaned my bathroom, which I feel like is another form of self-care even though you, it feels horrible that's like the, the, the less sexy form of self-care but yeah. very necessary but when it's done like it's just vibe. just it as really satisfying is. so yeah that is my high of the week my low of the week is i have two minor lows that are like mm-hmm. not really mega influences on my life but i you know we'll just throw them in there the first one yeah. is it's football season so sadly <laughs> i am not a sport watching person but i have to whether it's you know housemates or my boyfriend or anyone i'm with that likes to watch it I have to then watch it yeah. which is a bit of a low we were just Honestly, talking about watching sports yeah when you said that your boyfriend was a football watcher i was like it's not too late to call it off <laughs> you don't have to do this to yourself um, uh, what's really then, funny is that yeah. when i when i went around to watch the england match on friday i was like i'm only watching this if i can order pizza so i ordered pizza and it took an hour and a half to come which is such a first world problem but i was like first you make me watch football universe and then my pizza arrives like it wasn't wasn't a vibe um so that's the low but then the other minor low is that this week at the gym i started doing hit training on the treadmill what you didn't yeah. tell me this you kept yeah. that quiet so i do it like one one minute running one minute jogging one minute running one minute jogging and How i'm trying to find build... the running because you were scared to start running oh, yeah i was scared but then i asked someone to help me like who was running who? i just was like can't just like random oh who was running yeah i was like can you just show me how you do that um so yeah started running on the treadmill and i'm tra- gonna try and build up to 10 minutes but at the moment i can only get six before i actually feel like my lungs might just burst um but yeah okay. something i've wanted to do you know i've wanted to run on the treadmill for a while but i didn't just yeah. think i could run like 
for a straight amount of time so I'm doing one minute of each and we're seeing how that's going and it's kind of a high because it's something that I've wanted to build up to but it's a low because it does make me feel like I am going to pass out yeah yeah that is running (laughs) yeah and it's not enjoyable but then I like the fact that I'm doing it so that is my low how about you okay so I have I'm going to start with a low because I feel like I need to say this before anyone maybe notices, but I have a massive mouth ulcer right on the end of my tongue. Um, Ooh, it is the worst. It, it keeps getting worse. Like it just seems to be so aggravated. And I think it's just because of where it is in my mouth that it's like every time I talk, every time I eat, it gets involved in the situation. And it's at times, the more I talk, like I was filming a vlog yesterday and I feel like the longer I speak for, the more... It sounds like I've got a bit of a lisp, which is maybe a bit unusual. Do you know, I hadn't noticed it before you pointed it out, but now I can notice it. Yeah, I feel like it was, if, you, if I just say like a, a few small sentences, but I think in the context of this podcast, when I'm speaking for a much longer period of time, <laughs> it starts to come out and I can feel my tongue. It just feels bigger than it should be. Um, so that's that a painful. low. Um, I didn't normally start with my low, but I thought better just get that out of the way before we dive into <laughs> the rest of it. Um, and it is making me a bit grumpy because it hurts a lot. Um, my high was, I guess it's kind of a high and a low. Now today is a Father's Day in the UK. I'm not sure if it's a universal Father's Day. I think it might UK be in America one. too. I saw someone American post about it. Okay, yeah, because I know we have Mother's Day at a different time to the rest yeah. of the world, so I wasn't sure. But in the UK, it's Father's Day, and um, I had lunch with my dad and my brother. We were planning to get a Thai takeaway, but the place that my dad wanted to get this Thai tapas from wasn't doing delivery. Thai stem. tapas? Never yeah. heard of that. It looked really nice. It's a place in York, and I was meant to get the food and then bring it, but it wasn't doing delivery or collection or anything like that today. So instead, we all ended up going to M&S and getting different things. My dad had curry, my brother had a steak sandwich, and then I had burger and chips from the M&S nice. plant kitchen range. Um, and that was really nice, lovely to spend time with them, and my brother's friend Sean was there as well. He had cheese on toast, just in case anyone was wondering. Um, <laughs> solid, solid choice. I thought so. He had Marmite on toast when I arrived, <gasps> and then Ooh. he had cheese on toast afterwards. So What he should go. be doing is combining the two. I said that to him, and he seemed very upset by the, co- the concept. Cheese and Marmite is the best combination. It's so good, yeah. Any Marmite haters. Sauce on his cheese on toast. <laughs> you aren't welcome. <laughs> no, you're really not. Get out. Get out now. Um, but the low that's kind of combined with that high is I had to watch Formula One. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> the combined low. <laughs> yeah, it's Father's Day. So, ugh, gross. And then actually, it turns out I've got lots more lows. Um, this is not a genuinely sad week, but I wanted to mention that last night, Jay said to me, Champ died. And I said, who's Champ? And he said, Champ Biden, Joe Biden's dog. Oh, I saw that. That's really sad. I know. And I went on. Um, to Twitter to see if anyone was talking about it. Michelle Obama had tweeted about how Champ was a good boy. Jill Biden had said how he was going to be missed. And then there was this picture of Joe and Champ together in the White House. Like, he was knelt down with him. And it was so cute, I actually cried. I took a picture just in case anyone's interested in how affected I was by this. I can put that on the Instagram. But yeah, I was very upset. (laughs) It is really upsetting. No, I saw that on Facebook. What a good dog. Because am I making this up or was he like one of the only White House dogs? 
that I because I, I remember sure. when, I know when Biden got elected. Dogs. Yeah. Oh, does he? Because I, I remember when Biden got elected, there was quite a big deal made of the fact that there was going to be dogs in the White House. Yeah. So it is sad. Champ. I'm very yeah. sad about that. Um, he looked like a very cute dog. So, and it's just sad when animals die. Like it it's is just, sad. It shouldn't be allowed. It really shouldn't. Um, no, that is. I did also feel a sense of sadness when I yeah, read that too. It tipped me over the edge. I was like, oh my god, I'm going to cry now. What? On a lighter note, I've had this conversation <laughs> with a few people this week. Okay. If you were going to get a dog, what breed would you get? Top three breeds. Okay. Do you have three in mind while I mull mine over? Okay. I find it hard to commit to three. Um, but okay. So I'm going to say the runner up here is sausage dog, which I love looking at sausage dogs, but I'm not sure I'd actually get one for myself. Um, I don't know why, but they just didn't make the top three, but I do always uh-huh. send TikToks of sausage dog to people. Um, <laughs> but my top three I have, think would have to be... A golden retriever, mm-hmm. a Dalmatian, cute, <laughs> or a whippet. Ooh, I do love me a whippet. My dog Erin was a whippet staffy cross, so she was like really like slim and kind of like greyhound body, but then like also really muscly and had like a staffy face. She was really great. Cute. So, um, do recommend. Okay, I've narrowed mine down. Um, okay. Two. Um, a Bernese Mountain dog. Nice. A Newfoundland. Don't know what that looks like. Uh, it's gigantic. Yeah, it's I mean, gigantic. The, like, the, your choices so far remind me of a comment my sister made when we were little, and it was hilarious. We <laughs> saw a giant dog, and Rachel, tiny Rachel, went put a saddle on that. You could ride it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I do want a, 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 a horse that I could ride, <laughs> and a dog that I could ride. Like I wouldn't ride it, but it's nice to know that, like, if you needed to escape in battle or something, the dog could come to your rescue. Um, and then the third exactly. dog I get. A little bit less gigantic, and that would be an Australian Shepherd. Ooh, don't know what that looks like either. So, they're similar to a Border Collie, so obviously like an English Sheepdog, but they have like, um, almost like a tan, white, grey, splotchy fur combination, so they have like a really unique pattern, and then really bright blue eyes, um, oh, and blue I, eyes. they're just cute. really, really cute, so um, yeah, big fluffy dogs is my vibe. <laughs> Yeah, I'm getting that sense. Good choices, good choices. I like to know what people think. Yeah, although... A lot of people say a cockapoo. That features in a lot of people's mm, lists. Yeah, I think they are pretty cute, but I just want a big dog. I just find that bigger dogs tend to be more chill and less likely to bark. Um, in yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, like so, small yappy dogs. Not, mm. not the one. Jay's I've never had, had a dog, um, so... Jay's family had a dog, Ruby, Um and she was cute. She was a Lakeland Terrier. Um, so she was very small. And literally, you just had to like put your hand near a door handle. And she would start barking <laughs> and barking and barking and barking and barking. And when she was quiet, it was fine. But that was a rare a rare occurrence. So she was very cute, but also extremely irritating. So I would never want a happy <laughs> dog. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Any yeah. other highlights of the week? Um, yesterday, I did a 24-hour readathon. I started it on Friday nice. evening after work, and it went through until yesterday afternoon. I was doing an Agatha Christie one, so I read four murder mysteries. I've never read any Agatha Christie before, but it was really, really fun, super cosy, um, and I hadn't done any reading at all in the week, so it was fun to like bring up my total at the end of the week. So yeah, 
What about you? Nice. I have a reading highlight, which Ooh. is that I finally read, as I mentioned in last week's podcast, The Switch by Beth O'Leary, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which yeah. Kira has been telling me for literally months. That, Since I read so it, I, yeah. yeah. So I love Beth O'Leary. I've loved both of the other books, but I don't really like books that have like Old an elderly point of view <laughs> basically like an elderly Ages. point of view and a younger point of view like I, I love Libby Page but I didn't take to the Lido so I think that because I didn't take to that I actually DNF'd it I think that made me mm. like hesitant but I actually Prejudice, really enjoyed yeah. it I definitely think it's like my least favourite but only because I loved like loved the other two the other and two, I re- yeah. sped through it it definitely brightened my week it was such a fun read um, and I liked both perspectives so maybe it is the turning point for that kind of literature maybe I like elderly points of view again Maybe now. you just like uh beth, beth ability to bring any character to life in an incredible yes. way I that is true did you see her fourth the book, book announcement yes, yes 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 well i saw it because you sent me the uh, the announcement <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> but that one sounds like it's gonna be like well she said it's her most ambitious book yet and obviously all of her books to date have had two perspectives i feel like yeah the road trip did take it to another level because as well as having two perspectives it also had yeah. two timelines so that kind of made it a bit more complicated but this one has at least three perspectives from this guy's love interests and then potentially he might have a perspective as well so there could be as many yeah. as four different like points of view which i think would be very interesting i love it when people like you know take on ambitious writing projects and they tell mm. you it's something that they've been finding to be tricky and then you can see how it turns out in the end like yeah i just think that's really cool so i'm very excited to read her fourth book although it doesn't come out till next year but she did announce it pretty sure she announced that because mm. then her next post was that she's having a baby so going on maternity her management yeah. or her agent will be taking over her account so maybe that's why they announced it then but sounds incredible i love beth o'leary mm. i think she can take anything and make it fun and engaging so that was definitely yeah. a highlight then i have two more highlights one of them really should have been my weekly high i just kind of forgot about it until now Lord. so this week eight months into my job i went into the office never oh been gosh. into the office before wow. um but i went in for a collaborative project which was we did an instagram reel um because as we've said before we both work in marketing um mm-hmm. social media marketing so went in for a collaborative project for instagram um and i'd never been into the office before so that was super fun and really weird given that I'd gone eight months without it. And you would not believe, or you might believe, because you work from home too, how tired I was at the end of the day. Like, it was crazy. Yeah, I think I've been suffering since last week when I went to Manchester. I literally think that, like, set me back a whole week of, like, sleep. I just was... It's a lot to go out and be in the office after not being in the office. But, yeah. Definitely. I think, like, when you're working from home, one, I think it's less social, which is definitely something that I miss um but also mm-hmm. I think you're not used to like talking during the work day yeah um, and then also like you can't just go and lie on your bed you know <laughs> <laughs> you can't take your your laptop to the couch but it was really nice I'm really glad that I got to go into the office I can hear yes. I can hear Oscar. Oscar. Hello. <laughs> I hope he doesn't look oh there he is <laughs> And then my final thing to comment on is that I don't know if I mentioned this a couple of weeks back, but I went to the Double Dutch Pancake House in York, which I know that you've been to. Um, And I really enjoyed it then. And then I went this weekend as well. And I think we're going to make it like quite a regular thing. And I'm vowed to try something different on my pancake every single time. So the first time I went, I got Nutella and strawberries and ice cream. And then this time nice. I went for more of like a health kick one and I got Greek yogurt, honey, banana and strawberry and oh my goodness, it was insane. I know you've been, what mm-hmm. did you get on yours? I had 
Biscoff, and I went for the the pancake that had apples cooked into mm, it. So it was a cinnamon nice. apple pancake with Biscoff on top, um, and I also got a Biscoff milkshake. And because of that, I was so full afterwards. The combination of the milkshake and the pancake together literally nearly killed me off. So Jay was ready to go back like next day and like try more things, and I was like, "No, nah, I think I, I, I don't think I can do it again for quite a Need while." Need a break. I think I was just mentally scarred from like how full I felt after that. But it is a really, really nice place. It's so fun. Like if you ever go to York and you want like a crepe style pancake, Double Dutch Pancake House is like Amsterdam themed. And there's a list of like a hundred like ingredients on and you can have yeah. any combination of them. It is incredible. a menu of like pre-designed ones and combinations. Yeah. But then yeah, like so many different ingredients. And you ingredients. can design your own. And they've got a full vegan menu as well, which is slightly less big but only slightly like there's still a huge selection so really really good it's definitely a vibe and i highly enjoy that it's going to become a regular feature in my life but yeah mm. i think i think ben's going to get like the same one every time but <laughs> i'm going to get a different one every time because i mean that's yeah that's definitely like two types of people one person's like yeah. you know what i found something i like and why bother even changing it and then there's other yeah. people who are like oh i had something good but what if there's something better so exactly and there's just so much choice on there it would be rude not to switch it up so mm-hmm. that was my final comment on the week i feel like i had a lot to chat about this week you definitely did. It was sound like a great week for you, so that's good. <laughs> a week full of pancakes and the office. That sounded like I was talking about the TV show. I wasn't. No, your <laughs> I office. wish it was like the office because yeah. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Uh, yeah. But it is not. This is just a regular office. But it did have a balcony where I was sitting, which is fun. That's a vibe. Who knew? Yeah, and it was right next to a Starbucks, which obviously, if I was in the office every day, can't be a regular feature. But so since I was only be, in it there. Could be. <laughs> It, I mean, it, it could be, but it can't be. Um, <laughs> but since it was the first time in eight months, it felt wrong not to. So it's mm. been a good week. Love that for you. I really do. <laughs> Shall we move on to the main theme? Let's do it. Okay, so moving on to the main segment of the episode, this week's theme was actually brought to us by the man, the myth, the legend that is my mum. <laughs> yes, Tracy. <laughs> she listened to last week's episode and then sent me a huge WhatsApp message. First of all, encouraging M to get prescription medication for her hay fever. Um, and then second of all, leaving some theme suggestions, one of which is the theme that we decided to talk about this week. And that is the theme of appearance. And more specifically, my mum wanted us to kind of talk about things like how our view of our own appearance and the importance of appearance has maybe changed over time. She is obviously older than us, as someone's mum generally tends to be. Um, and so <laughs> she kind of like thought about whether or not your appearance and the importance that you place in it kind of changes or maybe lessens over time and I just thought it was quite an interesting one especially because we've both kind of talked about like food body image and those kinds of things like self-confidence in general in previous episodes but we've never really specifically talked about like appearance and I think being on social media as we are like appearance and the way that you present yourself to the world is like something that you think about whether in a negative way or a positive way so I thought it was quite interesting. Yeah I definitely feel like this is something that we haven't touched on as a main theme but it's something that I don't think anyone doesn't think about in some kind of context Mm -hmm. so I think it, it kind of relates to everyone so yeah happy about this one thanks Tracy. Yeah thanks mum. Great one. 
<laughs> okay, so because my mum was talking about whether or not you like care less about how you look as you get older um, and whether that's something that we've experienced, I thought it might be good to kind of talk about like go back in time a little bit and maybe think about like when you started thinking about appearance like for the first time. I don't know if you've got any memories of that or like, I don't know. What do you think? Okay, so I'm going to start by like kind of saying before I talk about the past, I'm going to say that I wouldn't say I'm at a point now where appearance doesn't matter to me at all. No. But I think it definitely matters to me less. So the first kind of situation I remember is year seven of high school. Because mm-hmm. I think I think in kind of a wider context, how you think of appearance and how much value you put on appearance changes as you get older because of the people you surround yourself with. I would say mm-hmm. that's definitely a factor in it. Because I think I first remember being in year seven and there was definitely popular girls. There was like a clique. Mm-hmm. I wasn't in it. <laughs> in my entirety of school, I was never like one of the, I say this in inverted commas, popular people because popularity and cliques do exist in school. I don't agree with it, but it does exist. And I remember like, for example, there was this one instance where this girl brought a flower crown from Primark and the Ooh. next day, every single person was wearing this flower crown. And Pretty so yeah, like, these people- fast action, that is. I know. I know. Well, I mean, one day might be... It was maybe like a handful of days a week, if you may. But everyone seemed to be wearing this. And I think it was really drilled into, like, subconsciously, everyone in the year, that if you didn't look like these people that were kind of seen Mm -hmm. as the popular people or the people that the boys most desired or most desirable people, then you were somehow lesser. And I definitely remember that impacting me and my friends because before that, I hadn't really thought about it. But after that, I was very aware of the fact that maybe I didn't, because I grew up in Liverpool and I feel like this is, I mean, it's a factor everywhere, but I think in Liverpool people like fake tan a lot. I didn't fake tan, whereas everyone seemed to be really tanned or everyone seemed to be wearing these like fashionable items and I feel like I never got them on time and things like that. And Mm -hmm. I, I just became very aware of the fact that I didn't, always look like the people who were seen as the most desirable and it did start to weigh on like your self-esteem and your self-confidence and whereas before I'd never really placed a lot of value on it I started to and it was a really strange feeling and I kind of feel sad for past me that that occurred but I think it's probably quite common in that high school and maybe even primary school but I don't really remember it in primary school Mm -hmm. but definitely in high school where you're just so conscious of what people think of you and there's kind of a hierarchy even if it's never really stated it's an obvious feeling of a hierarchy and you just become aware of what people around you think a lot more as you enter high school and I think it is because of the people you surround yourself with because you Mm -hmm. can't choose who you surround yourself with because you're forced in that school environment. Yeah definitely I feel like that's a very good point because I think the transition from primary school to high school is obviously a really big transition, but I think it's also kind of like the time where you maybe take a bit more responsibility for your own like appearance and style for the first time. You know, you're probably not going to have your mum doing your pigtails in the morning or whatever when you're getting ready to go to high school. And like, maybe you start doing makeup and stuff and you start making a few more decisions. But although those are kind of technically your decisions, they are very much influenced by what you see other people doing. And I feel like, like you, I'm definitely not in a place where I don't care about appearance. And also like my mum who asked this question, she obviously still really cares about appearance. But I think maybe the difference is like that you're 
self-worth is less tied to your appearance yeah. and that appearance is something that can be more like a fun way to express yourself rather than being like imperative to whether people are going to like you or not so I think yeah. that is definitely something that is more the case in high school is like how you look how much you fit into the trends and how quickly trends change it makes it like really difficult I think to be comfortable in your appearance whereas now mm-hmm. as an adult I feel like individuality is you know a bit more like you can express yourself with your style and obviously not and it's seen as a good thing children yeah but like yeah I think difference um, is looked down upon when you're in high school yeah I feel like so for example yesterday me you and Sarah went out for coffee I was wearing the same outfit that I'm wearing today which was blue jeans and a yellow sweatshirt um and my white air maxes you were wearing a snazzy af blue jumpsuit which was a vibe <laughs> and then Sarah had on this beautiful like off the shoulder summery floral top so we were all wearing such completely different outfits but um but like, we all know, rocked it exactly we were all wearing something that was like that made us all happy so um totally agree with like high school being a key point I think one thing that kind of jumped to my mind when I thought about like when I first became aware of appearance was um I remember being in center parks on like a Christmas holiday um and I was reading a Jacqueline Wilson book. I think it might have been one of the girls series. And the main character of the girls series was a girl who was like a bit larger. Like that was one of her traits. She was friends with a like super skinny goth girl. That's how she was like um, represented. And then another girl who was like curvy, but like inverted commas, good curvy was kind of like the setup. Oh, and I, I, I don't think it's a very healthy thing. But I remember one of these characters being described as having a stomach that was like flat as a pancake. And I was like, looking at myself and I'm like, I don't know if that's true about my stomach. Um, and like, just those little things like the media that you consume, obviously now it's kind of like social media. But back then, it's things like yeah. books and things. And I, I think that kind of like was a point where I started becoming more aware of things and I must have been like gosh like between eight and ten at that point I think so I think you know appearance and specifically because you know you're always aware of appearance like when you're little you're choosing clothes or I remember the first time I had like a big haircut on my seventh birthday I'd had like really long hair and then I got it cut to shoulder length and that was obviously something for appearance and it was exciting but I think reading that book, I, I always remember that as being like a time when I started thinking about appearance maybe more negatively, I suppose. Mm. It's really sad to think about that turning point because I don't know, like if you imagine it, like some of my housemates are teachers and you talk about how like young children are so free spirited. For example, if you let them choose their own clothes, like the outfits that they'll come out in <laughs> are ridiculous, <laughs> but amazing. And I think it's really sad to think of that changing point. And I think it's particularly for people who identify as female, there's like a real turning point. I don't, I mean, I obviously can't say it from a male experience, mm-hmm. but I definitely think there's a lot of pressure put on women to look a certain way. Um, yeah. And also in, like in the I media, remember. as you say, I remember, like, when crop tops became a thing. Oh, gosh, yeah. I I mean, it's still a thing now. But, like, I remember, like, they hadn't really been a thing. Um, And then at some point when we were in high school, I feel like crop tops were just everywhere. And obviously for boys of our age at the time when we were in high school, it was basically just, like, 
chinos and t-shirts and whatnot like it was, it was pretty standard style do you remember like the rihanna primark top that they all used to wear oh, like a white top with rihanna on and then the beige chinos like it was the uniform ah uh, chinos what a look i mean i for one i'm glad that i never had to wear chinos <laughs> yeah me too and we had to wear crop tops yeah well that is that is also a fair point and when low-rise jeans were a thing like now i could wear a crop top because if i wore a crop top but with high wear high waisted it's not really even a crop top at that point do you remember when everyone hollister hoodies do you remember hollister hoodies remember the hollister body spray oh gosh yeah or when you just used to go to hollister buy the cheapest thing same with jane norman she'd have a bag that you could then use as your pe bag bag, yeah oh my god (laughs) the pe bag was such a statement and it was always just a shit plastic bag it's like what are we doing I've been walking with like a decrepit Tesco (laughs) bag now. (laughs) I know. I remember having like a River Island bag because there was a time when they came out with like different coloured ones and there was like a pink River Island bag. And like my mum was like, you have to change that. It is so ratty. But I was like, I don't have another bag to swap it out with. What am I going to do? Going to have to go and buy something again from (laughs) from Hollister. I know, going to buy like a packet of earrings or something like this, five pounds or less. But be like, excuse me, can I have a bag for that, please? Yeah, I'm um, going to need a bag for this lip balm that cost a quid. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, but we digress. So back to appearance. So that was kind of like the first time, I guess, that appearance became more of a thing. Um, but I feel like that's kind of more negative. So let's bring it back to some positivity. Is there anything about yourself? I'm sure there is. But like, what would you say is like things about your appearance that you like? You know. Okay. So, <laughs> you sprung that on me and I'm really unsure. <laughs> I feel like I definitely feel, like going back to the chronological thing before I touch on what I like, I feel like I feel, whoa, I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel, like I feel, I feel. <laughs> a lot more positively about my appearance now. Like I think yeah. as you, as who you engage with changes as you get older, mm-hmm. like now I surround myself with like creative and kind and compassionate people. And I don't really have people in my space that would be judgmental or would care about what I look like in a sense. So I think it's definitely yeah. changed and I feel more positively about myself. There are still things that I struggle with. Like for me, skin is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that bad skin just doesn't matter and I would never judge anyone else but it's something that I do still struggle with like mm-hmm. um I have been on antibiotics a few times for it and every mm-hmm. time like I do get a breakout I don't know why but it really I feel like it does impact the way I see myself and the value I place on myself so it's definitely something that I haven't shaken but it definitely gets better I think as you get yeah. older because you get you know autonomy over who you hang around with and mm-hmm. things matter less in that yeah. sense I, I remember the first time a boy complimented me on my intelligence like I think it was something about like we were talking about books and he said oh you're so knowledgeable that's so attractive (laughs) and I remember that switching point of being like I like that compliment way more than I like a compliment about my appearance so I think just the value you put on things does alter but back to Mm -hmm. what you said do what do I like I quite like my nose I used to my mum used to like it's a really strange nose I don't know if I've ever done this to you I'm it's pretty sure I have strange. oh wait like, about the squishiness no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if you feel the end of your nose and then you feel the end of my nose it's like a bit of it's missing and it's just like a really like <laughs> little snub like button nose and I kind of like that I like that. Um, I like being small. I don't. I'm five. Well, okay, this is up for debate. 
I is not though, is it? <laughs> being five two is part of my identity. It's you know, it's just who I am. And then we measured ourselves at the gym, and I'm actually five three. But I we're going to pretend because I was five four, and I was like, I'm an inch taller. Um, and you were like, I'm an inch taller. What do you mean? So totally yeah, so I'm just going to still, I'm going to still going to tell myself I'm five two, and I well, regardless, I'm quite small. And I yeah. used to see that as like, oh damn I'm small but now I just kind of like it I like being small um, and I like my nose what about you <laughs> <laughs> um, okay uh, I like my smile I feel like generally got speaking I, I just think I smile quite easily like as in like I just think I've got like quite a happy face most of the time yeah. um, probably not today because I've got a stupid ulcer and it's making me miserable but generally <laughs> I'm and not when you're watching the F1 uh, yeah, although I think I made the most of that, you know. I joined in with the commentary. I had a good time. I'd love to I, see that. <laughs> Not yeah. the F1, your commentary. <laughs> the F1, no, just me commentating, yeah. But um, my smile. I like my eyes. They're blue. They're fun. It's a good time. <laughs> um, and something that I've been working on, and I guess the next thing we'll talk about is maybe, like, changing appearances, perhaps. Yeah. But um, my bum... My peach, because... Your little peach. My peach. I don't think I've been well endowed in the peach area, like, naturally speaking. <laughs> like, it just is, like, not particularly exciting, but I've been working on the squats, working on the hip thrusts, and I feel like it is becoming peachier by the day, so I feel pretty happy with that. Um, little, <laughs> little factoid. So, um, there are some things I like about myself. Um, I'm surprised you didn't say your hair. Your hair's amazing. Oh, Yeah. My mum would hate me to say that I like my hair because um, she hates it. Like, she... She best, hates your hair. <laughs> yeah, she hates that I stopped straightening my hair. If I could give her a gift, the best gift I could give her would be to turn up to, like, meeting her one day with straight hair. She just... <laughs> she does not like the curls. And she has the worst poker face. So, like, I would never ask her if she thinks my hair looks nice because the answer I'd get would not be one that would make me happy, so... <laughs> oh, Tracy's gonna tell you off for airing that on the podcast. It's fine, you know, like, we each have our preferences. My preference is to not fry my hair on a daily basis anymore. Um, and my preference is to fry my hair on a daily basis. <laughs> like, I did it for many a year, and then I went on holidays, didn't take straighteners with me, and it was like, a whole new world. Um, Ooh, a musical interlude. You know, I just thought, you know what, this is it. And I did think it changed the curl pattern, and it made it more bouncy. If I could maintain the curl pattern and straighten it on occasion, I wouldn't just be, like, completely attached to having curly hair. I would, like, because I, I like how my hair looks straight, but I think as soon as I start applying heat on it, it starts to kill the curls, so I feel like I have yeah. to make the decision. So anyway, I like my curls. My mum likes it better straight, but, you know, <laughs> that's what that's what autonomy's for. <laughs> um, so that that's kind of uh, relevant to changing appearance as well, I guess, because curly hair would have been something that I hated when I was younger, because it would have been something I just associated as being frizzy looked like Hagrid from Harry Potter um <laughs> not a vibe at all and it's something that I've sort of embraced because it is part of who I am naturally um so I've decided to stop changing that but then I go to the gym every day I'm working on building muscle and changing my appearance but I think the difference that I've experienced now um, as an adult and just like maybe even just in the last couple of years really is that you can work on changing appearance but my value is not 
like it, it doesn't rest on whether or not I make those changes or how quickly it happens. So obviously we've talked about disordered eating and things like that in previous episodes and that would all have been about in my mind about changing my body as quickly as I could and maintaining those changes and maintaining a very specific view of how I should look. Whereas now I think I approach those changes and recognise that yes, there are things I would like to change about my appearance. I'm not 100% happy with how I look and there are things I would like to make better in my opinion in terms of what I think would be better for me. But I also appreciate that those changes will happen, you know, as and when they do with like healthy long-term change. And I feel like if they happen slowly, they happen slowly. If they happen quickly, they happen quickly. But I'm not like resting all of my happiness until those things happen, yeah. if that makes sense. Definitely, I agree with that. I think you're right in that there are definitely changes that I make in order to eventually have an impact on my appearance. For example, I definitely put less kind of emphasis on losing weight or anything to do with weight now. I just Mm -hmm. want to look strong and healthy, which is a definite change in my mindset. And it's Mm -hmm. an important change, I think. And then, for example, I will add something into my skincare routine because I want my skin to maybe look like more glowy or Mm -hmm. more fresh or... I'll start drinking more water or I'll start getting more sleep. And it's all things, I think my focus now is less on what I look like and more on what I feel like. So if I feel more energetic, if I feel hydrated, if I feel strong, if I feel healthy, like they matter to me more. And also I think I put way more value on other things now. So it's definitely like, I'll do my makeup really quickly because I don't really care what it looks like because I want to, you know, read a book or I want to make a reel or I want to, you know, just do something creative. I put so much more value on what I can produce like creative or what I'm reading or who I'm spending time with rather than what I look like when I'm doing those things and I think that's been such a positive change I think it comes with I was gonna say age but I think some people you know nail that at a really young age and you know I'm happy for those people but for me it's definitely been something that's come with age it's come with finding who I am and the hobbies that I enjoy and how I express myself in other ways not just appearance Mm -hmm. Um, and also who I surround myself with and so I think it's been a really kind of healthy change and now I just want to be strongest healthiest version of myself yeah absolutely I think for me it's become you know, something that I've just learned over time, like there are still parts of my brain and certain circumstances where I think, oh, could just sort of resort back to an old unhealthy behaviour to make changes happen quickly. And then I'm reminded of the fact that whenever that happens, you become miserable, you don't become happy because when you are specifically starving your brain of like calories and things like that, you never see the, the result that you want to see. Even if you have lost the weight, you um, can't see that because your mind is, is so deprived of everything that it needs to think functionally and like rationally. So I think through many, many years of going through that cycle over and over and over again and judging my parents and still never being completely happy, I have found peace with the fact that maybe I'll never be 100% happy with how my body looks. But there are lots of things that I do like about myself. There are certain things I can change over time, but who I am as a person and lots of the things about how I look, the clothes that I wear, my hair, all of that kind of stuff does make me happy and I do like it. And I think I far more value that like overall sensation of happiness and just being like fulfilled in life than I value 
you know, for example, being like a certain weight, which is what I would have put value on before. And, you know, Mm. could I achieve that weight? Yeah, obviously. But I think to do that, and especially in the ways that I would have tried to do that previously, I'd sacrifice so much more. And I just don't think appearance is worth that anymore. Whereas I think previously, when I was younger, I would have like valued that appearance over everything. Absolutely. I think when when you're younger, uh, and especially in that school environment appearance Mm. can seem like the be all and end all because people treat it that way and the way that you surround yourself like the people you have to surround yourself with and that kind of you know school culture is quite toxic and it does make it seem like it's the be all and end all but then once you start to broaden your horizons become who you are do the things that you love spend time with people that you love I think you put value on different things so that is our takeaway from that yeah cheers to being happy and healthy and and expressing ourselves (laughs) and please let us know what you love about yourself because i would really like to know this because that was a hard question and it put me on the spot i'd love to know it's not something that you generally ask yourself and i think when you look at yourself in the mirror often you like judge yourself just like subconsciously yeah you look for the things that you don't like rather than the things that you do when you look at a friend, you never think about things that you don't like about their appearance. You'd only notice nice things. And so I think exactly. it's nice to treat yourself like you'd treat a friend or a family member and just like compliment yourself. Say something yeah. nice. So please let us know your compliment to yourself. Uh, and on with the agony and column. Whoop, whoop. Let's go. Okay, so we've got two quite different questions this week, but I'm excited to answer both. So mm-hmm. the first question we got was from our anonymous Agony Ant form, which as always, you can find in our We're Spinning Plates Instagram and also my Instagram account. Mm-hmm. And this question says, how do I let go of any pressure about not going to university? I haven't been to university as I didn't do very well in my A-levels and wasn't good at exams, so I never went, but I've always felt this pressure like I'm missing out or my life isn't going to be as good as if I went to uni. I also love listening to the podcast, which is really nice. Thank you for saying that. So this is a question about the pressure to go to university and feeling lesser if you don't. So do you want to shoot with this one i have a lot of thoughts on this one um now obviously to preface we both did go to university we've talked about that quite a few times on this podcast we both went to the same university um but i actually know quite a lot of people who didn't go to university so jay my boyfriend he didn't go to university my brother who is younger than me but definitely makes more money than i do um, did not (laughs) go to university his housemate didn't go to university neither of my well my mum did go to university she just didn't finish because she had children instead um but you know she didn't complete a degree and then my dad didn't go to university so Um, I am the first person in my family to have completed a degree. Do I think that that makes me better than any of them? Absolutely not. And if anything, like, I don't think my job requires a degree. Like, marketing... I think I could be doing this job just as well as I am right now without my degree because the degree I did is not relevant to the job and that is the case with so many things and I think we have a bit of a broken job market where it's expected that people do degrees but their degree doesn't even need to be at all relevant to the job in like 80% of cases. Um, So I think it's a bit stupid because there's so much emphasis placed on academia in places where it doesn't need to be and I really do believe that if a university feels even slightly like it might be the wrong choice for you then you shouldn't go yeah I agree such a big time and financial commitment um that if you're not passionate about a subject if you don't feel like you um 
take well to academic circumstances if A levels felt like a challenge to you and didn't feel like they were the best way for you to express your skills or learning style then chances are university will also feel like that same kind of struggle and I think the step from A levels to university in terms of how independent you have to be in doing work will make that challenge feel even harder because you don't have the support of teachers who you feel like you really know like you maybe would do at school in sixth form so I absolutely think if university even slightly feels like the wrong choice don't go because of pressure because like who are you doing it for I really don't think it's it's any use to you if it doesn't feel like the right choice and you've really got to think about you and your path there are so many other routes you can take you know like the hustle culture obviously has its highs and lows and positives and negatives but I think we live in a world now where entrepreneurship and starting your own business is something that a lot of people do and like there's a lot of resources about how you can do that. You can obviously do loads of different creative things, you can do apprenticeships, you can find jobs and work your way up the system. There's so many other ways into work and like I said about my brother, he didn't go to university, he started A-levels, left after the first term of his first year of A-level, so he basically was 17 years old, got an apprenticeship, he's still working at that company now, and he is a ballin', so, um, like, there's so many ways to be successful, whether you go to university or not, university is not a direct route to success, or to money, or to a good Every job. person I know that didn't do a degree is currently earning more than me. <laughs> so, like, you know, both paths can be good, um, both paths can take you good places, but like there's no right or wrong way to live. And I think you really Definitely. have to just go with what feels right to you and screw everyone who says anything else, especially schools. I think we talk, yes, yeah. I think we talk a lot about how society makes you feel like you should do things. Mm-hmm. And like with the Primark flower crown, <laughs> if you don't want to do something, you shouldn't have to conform to what society says everyone should do. So don't wear the flower crown if you don't want to. And don't go to university if it isn't the right choice. Because as Kira just said very eloquently, like she always does, <laughs> it, isn't, it isn't like a definite route to success and there are so many other ways. And what is success anyway? It depends how you yeah. measure that. Um, there are so many different paths in life and you should always go for the one that you know always trust your gut what feels right to you I'll also say that I think a big emphasis is put on the university life I say that in inverted commas again that's the second time I've used that this episode because (laughs) I went to university and there's definitely some things that were hyped up that I feel like I didn't experience um like you know living in a student flat or living in a house share and I will say that I have had a much more I think you know, university style house share experience now mm-hmm. that I've left university and I just moved to a city and needed to find a house share than I ever did at university. Mm-hmm. And I think that some of the things that people put a lot of emphasis emphasis on about university life, you can still have like yeah. in other, you know, in other contexts. So yeah, I think there's so much pressure put on going to university but if it isn't the right path for you you are not lesser in fact I really respect you a lot for trusting your gut knowing what's right for you and moving forward in the direction that Mm -hmm. you feel is the right one for you yeah absolutely because I I just feel like schools especially just put so much pressure on you to only apply to universities they don't really give you much resources um which is really rubbish because that's literally the whole job is to try and prepare you for the outside world and they push you on this very particular path I've got a whole rant I could go on about the education system and how shit it is but you just need to I think Kira ranting (laughs) not like you um I just yeah I think you deep down know what's right for you and also 
timelines we always talk about timelines as well but you can be the driver of your own destiny here you can decide if a later point in your life comes up whether you're 25 30 50 or whatever and you decide you want to go to university go for it who's going to stop you not me that's for sure (laughs) i think there's a lot of you know as you leave school and all of a sudden people's paths do deviate and people start Mm -hmm. doing different things there's just so much kind of emphasis put on comparison and who's doing what in the right way and who's choosing the right path but actually everyone's right direction is different because everyone's life is different every person is different and so just go with your instinct and I think if you truly believe that you don't need to go you don't need to go and I think stick with that and don't let anyone tell you differently so word that's that's the first question and I really like that we're getting more questions about university because I think for a while we weren't even aware we had university like listeners think, yeah, of the podcast. Maybe because we're, we're like past that stage now. It's not something that we maybe think about as often, you know, that like period of decision making and whatnot is over. But it is so important as so if we can be of any use to anyone in yeah, these decisions, then we are more than happy to take that role. Um, yeah. Okay, so moving on to the second question. This is one that I feel like maybe you'll have a bit more of a response to than I do. Um, but basically it says that I'm getting ready to go on my first post-lockdown first date. I feel like I messed that one A up. mouthful. <laughs> first, first first date after lockdown um, and I'm feeling really nervous. Do you have any tips to get over those nerves or just combat them slightly? So first of all, how exciting. I know. I actually find first dates so exciting. I mean, don't get me wrong. I always text Kira like, I'm so nervous. I think I'm going to throw it. <laughs> but at the same time, like meeting new people and that, you know, the hope that it could be something really exciting and it could lead to something mm-hmm. is always a nice feeling. So I'm really happy for you that you're going on your first first date post right now. That <laughs> is, is a mouthful to say, right? So many um, firsts. <laughs> Because that's really exciting. And also I think it takes guts to go on a first date. I think first dates are scary. And so the fact that you've like committed to going on this is a big step in the first place, especially post lockdown, because I think that will have made people feel even more scared about the whole thing. Like not dating will make people even more nervous. So well done for committing to the first date. I'm really Mm -hmm. excited for you. I think the advice that I have about first dates, and I think it kind of changes the game. I saw this on um, Katie Bellotti, you know, the Thick Mm -hmm. and Thin podcast. I I heard it on her podcast and it changed the way I thought about dating. So I think when you go on a date, it's really easy to think, do I like this person? No, is this person going to like, I just ruined it. I just ruined it. (laughs) It's really easy to think, (laughs) is this person going to like me? And so you start to panic over all the things that you think they might not like about you, which we could go back to the appearance section of the podcast. It could be that, it could be anything. And instead of doing that, I think you should change your mindset and think, do I like this person? Is this person someone I want to have in my life? Do I like them? And I think once you start to think about that, dating becomes more fun because it's like you're trying to find someone rather than you're waiting for someone to find someone you. Someone to find if that you. Makes sense. Oh, so I like that. I think that one really changed the game with dating and I, you know, it makes it more fun. In terms of practical things, I always like to go into a first date with at least three, like, like topics in my head of things that I might want to talk about things that you know like when we come to the podcast and we're like if you could get a dog what dog (laughs) would you you get obviously maybe not that but like some things that you have that's a good question though yeah I know I do like to know people's answers um 
And it can be anything, it can be deep, it could be lighthearted, just things that you know that you could fall back on if you feel like the conversation's getting dry. And I also like that tactic because then if you get to the end of your date and you didn't use them, you know that it was a good day. So that is always my like practical tip and then my philosophical tip about dating. (laughs) Wear something like wear what makes you comfortable because I think Mm -hmm. if you feel comfortable you'll feel more at ease with the person um so they're my more practical tips and before I also just ask you what you think of this question Mm -hmm. I put out a question sticker on my Instagram asking for discussion ideas for the podcast and someone asked for related to first date first date ideas for long-term relationships so that's something that you can definitely answer um did I say first date ideas for long-term relationships? You what I meant that. was... <laughs> just date ideas. What I meant was date ideas, but in particular, long-term relationships. So you can also add that into your answer because someone asked us that too. Okay. Um, so I have never been on a first date. Um, the closest thing I think I've had to going on a first date was uh, when me and you went for coffee and Waterstones. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to say that. I was like, what are you going to say? I remember um, my partner at the time dropping me off at Waterstones yeah. and being like, let me just check she's she's real. <laughs> Make sure she's not a serial killer. Which, how could you know I could have been? I could have been a serial killer masquerading as an innocent booktuber. But I wasn't. I know, so it, was, it was on my mind. But to um, be fair, friend first dates are just as nerve-wracking. Yeah, so um, in terms of, I was nervous. Like, I asked you out on a date and we went on the date <laughs> and I was scared um I think yeah it was it's nerve-wracking and I think to be nervous is okay so first of all take the pressure off yourself to be completely confident because you probably are going to be nervous whether it's friend first date romantic first date going to your first day in a new job like it's scary to meet new people I think as Em said having some like things in mind that you maybe could talk about and fall back on so that there's no like dead air is also a really good idea and just trying to make yourself feel confident and also I really do like that idea about thinking is this person someone that I like because it takes the pressure off of you to try and be perfect which I think subconsciously will make you less nervous. Um, So I don't really have anything extra to add. I feel like you gave some really great points there. So um, I will talk about... (laughs) Thank you, thank you. um, First, I have been on many. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like it's something that I've I've never had to do. And honestly, I'm glad because I would be (laughs) so nervous. You've lived vicariously through my stress. I have, yeah. Like, I feel like I didn't really have any dates. I didn't really have much many friends before you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like it was technically, it was by choice. I just was prioritizing other things than socializing. But I feel like because I met Jay in school and then went to university, but I was working a lot and doing my blog and all that kind of stuff. I feel like I just didn't really have many friends at that time when everyone was like getting into dating. So it's not something I have a huge amount of experience with, but being in a long-term relationship, I have bags of experience, (laughs) almost eight years worth. So, um... (laughs) That was a Jimmy Carr laugh. It was. (laughs) Um, But um, I I do think it is something to maybe think about, just being conscious with spending time with someone, especially if you live together, because it's really easy to just, like, coexist and do things together, but not really spend, like, quality time with someone. Yeah, like dates. Um, I remember when me and Jay were in our first year of sixth form and our first year of being together, we would go out to Frankie and Benny's every month on our month anniversary. Oh, that's the cutest thing. We'd get the 56 bus into town, go to Frankie and Benny's in the light, and then get the bus back home to Crossgates. Uh, it was lovely. Um, that's so, in my heart. 
Yeah, it was really cute. I do remember one time particularly where we decided to get a chocolate pudding each instead of one to share and I'm pretty sure it was almost as if Jay was going to die on the way home because he was so full. (laughs) (laughs) There's a fun memory. Um, And then I think gradually over time that kind of like stopped being a priority because I feel like, you know, how long are you going to be celebrating a month anniversary for? I feel like that's very much like a first year (laughs) of a relationship type of thing. Um, So... Things that we've done in more recent years have been, like, we've done cinema trips. That's always really nice. Um, We really did, like, in in the summer especially, like, going on, like, little day hikes and going out to the countryside together, like, whether that's to, like, a nice little village, going for coffee or something, or going on, like, a nice long walk, going to the beach, all of those types of things where you, like, basically just take yourself out of your normal surroundings for the day and, you know just like do something a little bit out of the ordinary where you're maybe not on your phone as much, you're not like distracted by the things that might like sort of take up your attention at home. And I think that just is a great way to like consciously spend time together. And then less of a specific date, but something that I still think is super important. And I think, you know, the importance of dating your long-term partner is to kind of have that quality time together is we often will literally just like go on an evening walk in the park, like every night that we're both home because sometimes Jay works in the evenings, but just like going out for that little like half an hour walk together, just having a chat, obviously no phones or anything like that. And that's, you know, it's not like a big extravagant expensive date. It's not going to take up loads of time, but it is nice to just like touch base and have a little chat and just spend some time together. So those are some of my ideas. Yeah, I think those are really good ideas. Another one I feel like, I mean, I've not never been in an eight-year relationship. How about going for a bi-weekly pancake date and choosing a different topping every time? <laughs> I feel like that I will be enjoy your that. Yeah. yeah, that can be yeah. your thing. I just think it, yeah, I agree. It's so important to kind of make sure, even if you're spending so much time together in like a practical way, as you say, living yeah. together, to kind of commit time to quality time my parents obviously are the longest term relationship I have seen um and (laughs) they still go on dates all the time uh, and they send us cute photos of themselves on dates it is the sweetest thing my parents are literally my favorite love story they were engaged in three months they are still really really cute together go on dates send us pictures I love my parents love and they have definitely drilled into me the importance of kind of actively committing to quality time and mm-hmm. just, you know, making that a constant, even how I don't know how many years they've been married, but decades At least later. 23. Yeah, I'm a firm believer. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I'm a firm believer that you should never, ever take people for granted. Like, I think if someone chooses to be in your life, like, as your life partner, that's mm-hmm. a really cool thing that someone's chosen you and you've chosen them. Yeah. So you should never take that for granted. And so, you know, quality time in whatever format will never really not important. be important. Yeah. yeah. It's fun that your parents are your favourite, like, love story. My mum always tells me that me and Jay are her favourite couple. Like, we are <laughs> her couple goals, she always tells me, which I think is so funny. Oh, I love um, that. I mean, to be fair, you are couple goals also. I think we're pretty cool, me and Jay. We're, we're I love team. that we've uh, we've managed to cover the beginnings and the long terms of relationships and dating yeah. in this agony aunt question. I just thought it was fun to tie it in together. Think about first dates. I love I love a first date. I feel like they are first dates can be so fun. I'd be interested to know what this first date is. But yeah, it's also fun to think about long term dating as well because you should never stop quality time and dating. So mm-hmm. yeah, a dating question to round off the episode. Lovely. I feel like we've done done all sorts of things today. So I know we've really zigzagged. I feel like we learned a couple of weeks ago what time we shouldn't record a podcast, and since then we have managed to 
lift ourselves up and become more energetic <laughs> in the podcasts what? and actively not choose a Monday evening. Yeah, last week we managed a Monday like afternoon. I feel like we did we did okay at that time, but I think any time after say six PM on a Monday, it's like no, nah, it's bother? not. Why it's not even bad. try? Um, but yeah. Thank you so much for watching. I thought it's been a fun one. Watching. Listening every time, man. Every <laughs> time. I can't. I can't. I cannot differentiate between video content and audio content. Like, I just can't. So, I'm sorry. Watching. <laughs> Listening. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> I think it's time to go. <laughs> but thank you for doing whatever you're doing right now. <laughs> Listening. <laughs> Oh god, what shambles. Why is it always the end? It is. I really I thought that was gonna be a smooth ending, but no. Yeah. I mean I could have not pointed it out, but I chose to. I took yeah. that half. You you pushed me basically off the cliff into a pit of complete destruction. That was graphic. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note of complete destruction, Bye-bye. we'll see you next week. <laughs>